Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jeff and Kelly Mandel from Studio DIY, and of course, Jeff's own brand, Jeff Mandel. And we're so pumped to have them on. We first discovered... I believe Jeff on Instagram yeah. first. I'm a huge fan of architecture and, you know, that 1950s style. And he takes a lot of architectural images. And I think I fell in love with him first. And then I found his wife and I was like, well, shit, we just got to <laughs> follow both of them. And so we've been following them both probably about a year and a half before we reach out to them. And it's been really fun starting a relationship with them and getting to know them on a more personal level and getting the inside scoop on how their business actually runs. Yeah, we're excited for you guys to listen from them today because if you know of Studio DIY, you know very much that they have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, that their DIY blog is pretty outstanding and beautiful. And so we kind of talk about that journey of what the early days of Studio DIY looked like, how they were beginning to build sponsorship and affiliate relationships, how they decided what to charge, and then going into branching out and creating their own physical product line. So they've done a lot of growth and a lot of different strategies in their business to make it what it is today and what you know as Shop Studio DIY and Studio DIY. So we're excited for you to give this one a listen. Today on the podcast, we have Jeff and Kelly Mendel from Shop Studios DIY. It's so great to have you both on the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we've been big fans of you on Instagram for a while now, and it's been really fun watching just kind of all the crazy things you guys are up to. But I want to take it back for a minute and really talk about the beginning. When did Studio DIY start? When did you guys start working together? And what did the beginning of your business really look like? Absolutely. So Studio DIY started as my college senior project. I have always felt that school didn't really fulfill everything that I wanted to do. So I've been a big proponent of kind of taking a hold of it and asking if I can change the curriculum. So I did that my senior year. I asked the head of my department if I could do an independent study and build a blog. And he had me put together a whole program and I ended up doing it myself. And I 
worked with my web development professor and a couple other professors to help concept it and build it and then launched it six months after graduating officially. Um, So I assume you were in art school then, right? Or no? So I was in school for communications and marketing. Interesting. I had, yeah, I had previously gone to school for, I went to the Fashion Institute out here, FITM, and just wasn't really fulfilled by the program there for what I wanted to do. So I ended up getting a more general degree so that I could focus more on creative endeavors outside of school. So when did Jeff kind of come into the picture for all things that is business or not that was business? Like- years later. So I no no. <laughs> so I had a full-time job when we were first living out here in Los Angeles up until April of 2015. Oh, I was wow. spearheading the marketing at a real estate agency in our neighborhood where we lived. And at one point my photography clients and Kelly being one of them started to outweigh in terms of responsibility the type of stuff that I had at my desk job. And we kind of sat down one day Kelly and I and we were like I think it's time that we talk about me quitting and pursuing photography full-time, not necessarily just for Kelly, but for my other clients as well. And April 2015 ended up being that time. And I kind of just jumped and prayed and hoped that I would land on my feet. And luckily, everything has worked out for the absolute best. And we're both very blessed with the opportunities that definitely come our way. And I think that social media has been an amazing integral part to growing the business. Well, businesses, but Kelly's in particular. It's been amazing. Yeah. So talk to us a little about social media in and of itself, specifically Instagram. Y'all's Instagram is amazing. It's beautiful. Both of them. All yes. three of them. All, all How of many them. Instagrams do you have? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have you. three? We have three now. Yeah, I guess. We yeah. The yeah. Studio DIY one, Jeff's, and then our shop one now as well. So specifically Studio DIY Instagram is beautiful. We may have done a little sleuthing before we got you on the call today (laughs) and scrolled all the way back to the beginning, which is something we encourage our own audience to do because we did not delete any old pictures. We did not delete bad pictures, filtered pictures, out of focus pictures, and neither did you guys. And so I would love for you to kind of walk us through your own learning process of Instagrams, because you guys have been on there since 2011. And so a while. And and when did Jeff kind of come in and fully have his photo skills kind of take over the beautification of that feed? But Kelly, there's there's pictures on there of your makeshift light box diffuser situation of a white sheet in, in a window with some pom-pom fringe on. Don't worry, we screenshotted these to show <laughs> you guys in the show notes how far they've come. So I kind of just want you to walk us through the process of that very beginning and what tools were you using to make those images happen and and how has that shifted now to what it looks like today? So, oh my gosh, I like when we, we started a class all about how to kind of build and brand your Instagram a few years ago and we did the same thing. We scrolled all the way back and it was like, so it was pretty embarrassing. Eye-opening. Wasn't yours? You had like you had like an injury, and I think that was yeah. like one of your first. One of my first photos was like me cutting my hand open or something while crafting. It was a burn, actually. I literally just thought oh, yeah. it was a burn. You had like weird like glow thing on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, a lot has changed, but I think the biggest thing that helped me was when I really started to care about Instagram as its own 
entity and treating it seriously. I think now Instagram is just as important as the blog is in my business. So it was important for me to brand that just like I had branded the blog. And you can definitely see a change in my Instagram from when I was just posting random photos that had nothing to do with what I was doing in my business or on the blog to when I started really making them cohesive and incorporating them together. For the first several years of the business, I took 90% of the photos before we started bringing in a photographer and bringing in Jeff. So there was a gradual change into what it is today. And now Jeff can probably speak to how we've rebranded it today. Yeah, it's definitely curated. You haven't noticed. We definitely think about the composition of Kelly's feed. There's things on the back end, like timing of posts that go up that are all thought about. Nothing is really a mistake. And I think everything is very much intentional, which is a huge, a huge thing that we both keep in mind for both of our Instagram feeds at this point. Kelly recently actually brought on a full-time social media person. So now the three of us are working very closely where Kelly's conceptualizing creative. I'm capturing the moment and the social media manager now is scheduling and strategizing and making sure that we are optimizing the right timing and the audience. And it's a well-oiled machine at this point. And I think that because we've been in the game for a few years now, we have it, we have it down to a science. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are great at it. (laughs) So how far in advance are you shooting and curating your feed? It's a combination. Or the blog. Yeah. The blog, we try to shoot a couple weeks in advance. It's hard because we have sponsors that come in at the last minute who need quick turnarounds. And sometimes they want even longer turnarounds. Like we shot a couple things for Valentine's Day already, you know, during different holidays. And we shoot Halloween at all, you know, in August. So we kind of shoot all different (laughs) times. I think towards the end of the year, it becomes much less of a timeline. We talk about this all the time, like in December in particular, we end up working with a lot of brands that people end up realizing that they have a lot of extra marketing money at the end of the year that they might want to utilize and spend very intentionally with the use of somebody like Kelly or myself or the both of us or whatever it is as a brand partner. And so these turnarounds are extremely quick because they want the content to go live and go up before the end of the year. So that December is a little bit hectic. We're kind of in the thick of that right now, but it's kind of fun too. I mean, we've done it a few years now and it's like, there's an adrenaline to it. It's kind of fun. Well, talk to us a little bit about that idea of the Instagram being almost an entire business entity as important as the blog. I really think, especially a lot of our audience members sometimes are still putting that it's just social media and you're just scrolling through Instagram and you're just, you know, posting pretty pictures and they're not really sure the strategy behind it. So I would love for you to talk to us about what were the things that were happening when you kind of realized, okay, I need to take Instagram seriously. It is a special part of our business or my business and the role that it plays alongside that blog. How do they kind of weave into each other to help make the entire thing work? Totally. So Instagram, I would say maybe in 2014, 2013, 2014 is when it really started to grow more rapidly for me. 
And I noticed that it was growing even faster than the blog traffic was growing and realized this is something I really need to take a hold of. And the interesting thing about Instagram is, yes, I want to share my blog posts on there every day, but I also get to share so much more than I get to share on the blog. I get to share personal stuff. I get to share behind the scenes of what's going on. We get to share different parts of our lives. So... Instagram really allows you to make that connection with your audience because for the most part, up until now, we've kept the blog very creative focused on recipes and DIYs and parties. And I don't share, we do share some personal stuff, but not as much as I share on Instagram. So it's really important in the saturated market now to be able to connect with your audience on a really personal level. And Instagram allows me to do that. And I realized that and made sure that I made a point to do so. I love that. I love that that there's intentional decision behind the type of posts that go on a blog, knowing that those are reaching a certain audience are living longer somewhere else and the types of ways that you can speak to your audience differently on Instagram because they don't live as long as a blog post, but they reach different people in the middle of the day. And it's not that one kind of like, there's a lot of time that goes into a blog post, especially for y'all with all the work that goes in behind that and all the effort of the, especially if it's a tutorial and the, the steps that go behind that. And so recognizing that we can talk to our people in different ways. And so using Instagram as that outlet for y'all, I think has worked really well for you guys. Well, and I'm yeah. curious, Jeff, because I mean, I know, I mean, Kelly, you're awesome and we love you. But <sighs> Jeff, like you're still running a whole other business. And so how have you balanced your time versus, you know, have you decided to just join Kelly more full time or are you we've still taking on a lot of We've clients? definitely talked about it and it's not off the table, but I think we would probably kill each other if we work <laughs> together full time all the time, just because there has to be at some point a separation between yes. our marriage and our personal relationship and being involved in the business 110%. So at this point, I'm usually with Kelly and her team like two to three days a week. And then I'll focus on my other clients all the other eight days of the week. <laughs> and it's been a balancing act, but I try and make Kelly a priority just because it's the most, what's the word? It's the most well, we're in involved a big growing season right now as totally. well with the products which mm-hmm. Jeff has been shooting all the photography for. Yeah, so there's a lot of I think there's a lot of I guess we could just even call them growing pains for Studio DIY in 2016 all in the best way possible. But I think that I'm constantly trying to keep up with the asks of everybody involved because it's just me myself and I. I don't have a photo assistant or anything. So it's a lot. And we launched a YouTube channel this year. So I had to learn how to shoot and edit video for no big deal. Just no big deal. casual. Right. <laughs> I know. So there's a lot happening, but we do really make a conscious effort to schedule and partition things out throughout the week and throughout the month so that I'm not going nuts. So it's really fun. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because okay, you're shooting for yes. the blog, you're shooting yes. for Instagram, yes. but then there's also, you know, these paid sponsors and then now the addition of the product line. So like, 
Do you find like most of your revenue is still coming from ad spots or is that shifting now that you've come out with two major product lines? So things have changed a ton over the past few years. So we actually, when we relaunched our site last year or the beginning of last year, we eliminated banner ads entirely from the site and focused solely on our sponsored posts and sponsored programs and sponsored Instagrams. And that is still where the majority of the income for the business is coming because the product stage is still very in its early growth stages. So there's obviously a ton that goes into the back end of getting a product line started. And my goal is to make that become more and more and more a part of our revenue, an important part of our revenue. But right now, a significant portion still comes from sponsored posts and Instagram posts. So was the decision behind creating the shop studio DIY Instagram account, has that obviously was intentional. You guys thought about, that's a whole nother Instagram account to manage. It is a lot of work. Has it helped making that product line more noticeable, uh, make it more obvious of how people can buy that product line? And is it something that you are happy that you guys did? Would you change anything about that process yet? I know it's still a little bit new. Absolutely happy that we did it. I think the really hard thing about going from blogging to selling products is you have to learn how to sell to your audience in a different way, which is totally different than talking about my blog post for the day. And even though I've been indirectly selling products for sponsors, it's so different when it's something in-house. Yeah. So we very intentionally launched the shop Instagram to separate that. And with the intention of that Instagram account being for our really dedicated audience and customers who want to know about all of our product updates first. Because while we may have several hundred thousand followers on the Studio DIY Instagram, it's way better to sell to a smaller audience that's more dedicated constantly than to constantly every day, every post be selling to a huge audience, Mm -hmm. some of whom may be there to shop and some who may be there just to look at pretty pictures. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's, I mean, it's hard, but I think some people in their, they're smaller, they're in their earlier stages of their business. And I think they get frustrated or confused about whether it's worth their time to open an additional account. Do you think if this was, you know, two or three years ago that you would have done the separation if it had been earlier in your business or would you have just kept it as one thing? I think it was really hard to make the decision because I'm so used to having one account. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is so much work. And I've talked to some people about this who've been thinking about starting separate accounts because they wanted to share photos of their kids on their business account. And they didn't know whether that was appropriate. And I always say you kind of have to make a decision of what you want the voice behind your business to be. Do you want your business to be really centered around you and your voice, in which case sharing photos of your children or of your personal life might make sense because the story behind your business is you. But if you really want to separate that out and grow your business separately from your personal life, potentially to sell it later or to bring on a team later that's going to help run it, then it might be a good idea to separate it. And I would imagine the earlier, the better it would be 
to make that separation so you can keep growing as long as possible. And you build that brand loyalty earlier on. So it's hopefully a win-win. Yeah. So take us back a little bit to where before your own product line came out, when you're working with sponsorships and and kind of bridging that separation of, okay, we're going to take away banner ads. We're not relying on that because I know there was a pretty big shift in the blogging world when that wasn't helping with income and it was distracting because people buy differently. How were those initial relationships with your sponsorships, with the big brands that you've worked with? How did those even start to flourish? Did you reach out to them? Did they find you? How did those early communications start? I think Jeff and I are both big proponents of reaching out. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest partnerships that I had was all, it all came from a tweet. It's with Balloon Time, which is a helium tank company. And I do a lot with balloons. And I just tweeted at them one day because I realized I was using their tanks all the time. And I was like, hey, I'd love to work together. And I think this is our third or fourth year that we've had yearly long, like year long contracts with them creating content for them. And it all came from a tweet. And I know Jeff has similar stories. Yeah. I mean, in my own having nothing to do with Kelly, even this past year, there was a hotel group, Hyatt, that I was like, this would be really wonderful to work with these guys. It looks like they're creating really cool online content. And a lot of the aesthetics kind of aligned with the stuff that I wanted to do that I had goals for myself for the end of the year. And I sent a tweet to the social media manager. And literally two weeks later, I was on a plane to San Francisco to shoot one of their new properties. So it was fortuitous in that sense of the word. But Basically, we've kind of had this mentality of like, what do we have to lose? Like the worst somebody says is no, which is fine. Okay, then it's no, but at least I asked. Man, we need to be tweeting more. (laughs) Apparently. It's funny because I feel like in the scheme of social media, Twitter is not as big of a platform for us, but it is one of the easiest ones to connect with people on absolutely in that manner very interesting i love that i think it it cuts through a lot of the minutiae of emails and things that can get lost like i can immediately tweet to somebody and they can see that i'm a real person connected to a real account that has a link to my actual portfolio and etc etc and it's not just maybe an email that's like a blast email that's lost in an inbox well, and um, you can't really stress too much about it because you got 150 characters. You got to be straight to the point and direct and just make it happen. <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. 
When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So do you think most of your initial outreach has been via social media channels? Or do you ever write pitches in email form and, you know, go to get a little more elaborate around here? I think initially, a lot of it was via social media, 100% via social media, I would say it's a lot harder to find an email address than it is to find a Twitter handle or an Instagram handle. Yeah. So that definitely happened. And now we're in a place where we have people coming to us. I work with a management company who will bring sponsorships to me as well. And we still do some reaching out. Like Jeff said, he just reached out last year. So it's a combination of everything now. So when you're having these conversations with these brands and specifically with the Studio DIY brand, it's very clear what your guys' style is. And it's also very different from a lot of other brands. So if, especially if people are reaching out to you, I know they see that and they see your brand and obviously they're okay with it. But what are those conversations like when you're trying to maintain your brand originality and that fun and the pop of color and everything that represents Studio DIY when you're trying to showcase someone else's product? It can be easy and it can be hard. There's a lot of factors that go into it. One of the biggest changes that's happened in the blogging world in the last I would say two years is that it went from people not really knowing what to do with social media and with bloggers and just being like, I would approach them and they'd be like, sure, here's some money and this is the product we think we (laughs) want to promote. And I could do whatever I wanted and post it on the blog. And now they come to us with very specific campaigns where they want us to use a very specific product and they have a very specific idea behind it that they want executed. 
And that is good in the sense that everybody kind of knows what they want and what's happening, but harder because it limits us a little bit in where we can go creatively. So I always try, the first thing I try to do when a sponsor approaches me is I try to think back to all the posts that I want to do or that we already have planned and see if there's a way that I can tie in their product into that. Because I find that when it's an idea I already had, it goes so smoothly and generally is received better because it's something that I really wanted to do already and it's super genuine. That said, it's been a really fun challenge with some brands that have approached me that don't seem like a great fit at first to challenge myself to try to figure out how to make it work. And those have actually ended up being some of my favorite Mm -hmm. posts that we've worked on. But I always let them know that I am very colorful. I'm not going to do a minimal post. I'm very like, we're very much about sugar and candy and fun. And we don't really do like a lot of health oriented content. So I make sure that they know (laughs) what I'm bringing to the table so that, you know, we're clear from the start. Not very granola at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Cotton candy and and sugar Mm -hmm. and spice. Gummy bears. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm curious when, regardless of whether they approach you or vice versa, I think even initially starting out, how did you even have a clue how to price these conversations for both of you? Jeff included, like, do you go in knowing like, this is how much my fee is or how has that changed over the last couple of years? Initially, it was me kind of just making things up for myself. (laughs) And then after a while, you kind of start to realize your own value. And I think that comes from maybe talking to other friends who are creatives and having like really real and frank conversations about money and what they're charging. If everybody's in the same boat, I'm also a firm believer in like complete transparency. I got to where I was because I try to be as transparent and as real as possible. And I think that it has been a, it's been a really nice experience with the audience because they do see us as real people. And we're not just trying to sell something and take on things that we really do believe in or would use or talk about anyway. So in the very beginning, it was just me naming a price and then realizing that I might be worth more or, or there might be other brands that came to me and they're like, we have this kind of a budget. What can you do for this budget? And then from there I'd realize, okay, I can do these, you know, these deliverables X, Y, and Z, which would help me for the next brand partner that I'd be working with. And I'm like, all right, well with these guys, I did this for this amount of money. And then slowly you start to realize and firm up your rates. And I felt more confident at this point. I do my all, I do my own brand negotiations myself. Kelly works with a team on the studio DIY stuff. So it's been, it's been a learning curve, but I think when you surround yourself with others that are kind of in the same boat and you have this kind of hustling, we're all in this together mentality, it ends up being a really nice experience. I also to, it's good if they negotiate. Yes. Yeah. I always think it's good to ask for more and be willing to negotiate. I always say, if you, give a price and the brand comes back right away and they're like, yeah, I'm like, they probably could have charged more. 
Yeah. So it's always good to shoot higher and then, you know, accept lower if you want to. It also puts you in a better place where if you give a higher rate, and I think this has happened with both of us, we've given a higher rate and then a brand has come back and just been like, no, I can't do it. And then you can go back if you want, if it's a brand you're really passionate about and be like, listen, I really love your product and I'd love to build a relationship. What can you do? It kind of puts you yeah. back in the driver's seat in that sense. Well, Did and you- I love that you're taking that seriously enough to where you are willing to negotiate. You are looking, it's a business deal, period. And so many people either pick a price out of thin air or do it for free and continue to accept, well, they gave me free product, so it's fine. But the value of, it's an ad, it's an ad spot. An Instagram post highlighting a product is an ad. A blog post highlighting a product is an ad through and through for that person. The amount of money that those similar brands spend on magazine spots, on commercial spots, on radio spots is astronomical. The budget that, you know, the September issue has for products is insane. And that reach compared to y'all's reach alone, let alone other people who are doing it on social media is tiny of the people who are reading the magazine and looking at those ads versus what y'all can provide. And so I think when we start as business owners to take that seriously and to treat it with and knowing that the value that it has for that person and putting that on ourselves as well helps everyone else get paid what they're worth. So keep it up. Thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree hundred percent with everything. Yeah. Did you, I'm, I'm just going to take it out there. Like, did you accept free product in the beginning as like your only form of payment or did you always charge? Oh, totally. No. Yeah. yeah. I accepted yeah. free product. My actually initial strategy to gain advertisers was I said, I can do a sponsored post or I can give you three months free on the blog just because I'm trying to get started and we can see if you like it. And then a lot of those ended up turning into paid advertisers in the future. But that's how it kind of all started. So I think it was also a very different landscape back Mm -hmm. when we started doing this than it is now. But we absolutely did. And it's not to say that I think we kind of treat how we work with companies differently. So like we now work with some really large brands like American Express and Dunkin' Donuts and Honda and really big brands that have these big budgets. But I also love, we both love to work with smaller companies. And it's been really hard because the smaller companies used to be my sole advertisers. That's who I used to work exclusively with. But then my rates have gone up so much that It doesn't make sense for a small business necessarily, but how we've kind of managed to treat that is we say, you know what, we would love if you want to send us something from your line or from your whatever it may be, please send it to us. We can't guarantee that we'll post or share about it, but we love to have it in our hands, have it lying around the studio. Maybe we'll use it as a prop in the shoot somewhere. And that's kind of how we've chosen to work with smaller companies because in the at the end of the day we're a small company and we right. want to support, support other small yeah. companies even though we can't work with them in the same capacity as we do with a bigger company. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. So I would love for you to I I want to kind of get walk through the process of what it's actually like for someone to go from full-time blogger 
microblogger on Instagram, creating that brand on Instagram to now deciding to do your actual product yourself and manufacturing a physical thing and working out all of those details. So I know that you're probably building relationships because you guys have been doing this for a long time with people that you can reach out to, people that can help you through that process. But it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different beast. And so I'd love for you to walk us through some of those initial steps, some of those things that definitely caught you by surprise and and the fun of it and what you love about creating that actual physical product for your brand and your people. So doing products has always been my end goal or one of my end goals. It was really important for us because we want to start a family and grow a family and blogging while I love it, is very, very, very time consuming. There's no passive income when it comes to blogging. So starting and growing that product arm of things was really important to us so we could try to grow some of that passive income. So when we first started talking about products, I actually had a hard time finding the right people to work with that believed in what I wanted to do because it was so different and we have new products launching soon that we'll speak more to that as well. But it was a lot of looking around, talking to people, pitching people, making brand decks, showing them what I want to do and what I can do and what people have been asking for, and then finding the company that believed in it. So we actually work with a company, they're called Inked is their their company name, and they help to source and manufacture and ship and receive and do all of that with us since we are also still running a blog. And as you said, it's totally different and it's very challenging. So the part that's been really crazy for us after finally finding someone who believed in what we were doing to work with has been learning how to manage how different it is to do products. You work on such a different time frame. You know, we have planned products through the beginning, middle of 2018 versus our blog posts were shooting two weeks in advance. So it's totally different. <laughs> and then add on top of that, concepting things that you think will still be relevant a year out from now. It's really hard for us because we focus heavily on trends. Um, and on things that are hitting hard right now. So to predict that a year out is hard. And then adding in photo shoots that have to cover content for the blog, content for the shop site, content for the shop Instagram, content for my Instagram, and then D, all of the above. It Get to sleep been... at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping hasn't happened often this year. But it's been crazy. It's been really fun. And it's fun to see products come to life and to see people have things in their hands that have our logo on it. But it's been hard for sure. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be or are there is there already another photographer to help support so Jeff doesn't like man, I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. It is a lot of work. Luckily, I do enjoy it because it, it really does like feed my creative soul like every day really is truly different like we wake up and we're like today we are walking down the street and kelly's dressed as some sort of fruit (laughs) another day we might just strictly be in the studio shooting content for products and things but yeah i hope i hope to have help at some point someday just so i can get things off my plate you you take say it again 
Do you edit everything you take? I do everything. Yeah. I shoot. Because I can tell when you take a photo. Like, it's just that particular. Like, I can tell that Jeff Mindell took this photo wherever it is, wherever it ended up on the internet. I'm like, I know who took that. And you just have such a signature style. And I love it. And it's so... Like the contrast is just like on point and the colors pop and I would, it'll be interesting as like you decide to eventually have kids and maybe settle down. Maybe, I don't know. You seem like the kind that'll like go full speed ahead forever. And then like, what is slowing down? (laughs) I don't understand this sort of thing. So it'll be interesting. Interesting. Cause we've also had that conversation because family is like the most important thing to Kelly and I, and we're both firm believers in, obviously we want to have a large family, but we also want to not really stop with the full steam ahead aspect and i think kids will probably fit into our existing lives instead of us just stopping dead in our tracks and having the world revolve around the kids it can't happen like that kids just gonna end up in the photo shoot it'll be fine it's like the perfect prop (laughs) yeah Yeah. i can have like a kid on a hip and and a camera over here yeah i love it maybe then you can invent a carrier for a baby that can also hold your lenses Oh, I actually really like, like that. like a built-in tripod. Yeah. Has anyone <laughs> yeah. made that yet? That would be yeah. so cool. I that would buy really that. Cool. I need that right now. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I would love to get into our segment, Talk Strategy to Me. And okay. I think more importantly, I would love to cover mindsets. So you guys have grown drastically. You have pivoted phenomenally well with the landscape of how blogging has changed, how Instagram has changed, and then opening up products like holy moly, you guys are everywhere. So maybe break it down into about three action steps of someone who's wanting to have a blog that also makes them money and Instagram that also makes them money. Where do they need to be mindset wise to kind of make that happen? I think the first thing is knowing all about your strengths and your weaknesses. The biggest thing for me was learning how to delegate. And you may think, well, I'm brand new. I don't have any money, but you can easily work with a school and bring on an intern to help. And the biggest thing for that is figuring out one, what you don't do well, and two, what takes the most of your time. For me, what I don't do well is email. I'm horrible at email. So while it may seem like I need the most help in the creative aspect, because that's what my business is based around, I actually needed help with the things that I was horrible at, which was sending and replying (laughs) to emails. So that was the first employee that I hired. I hired them for only five hours a week to sort my emails. And since then, it's grown into a full-time job. But it was important to identify what I'm bad at first. Love it. Awesome. I think recognizing that across the board, not only when it comes to tactics that need to get done in your business, but I I love that you called out email as a blogger because I think a lot of people give themselves that title, but don't follow it up with this can be a business if you treat it like one. This can be a business if you pay attention to the roles that someone can step in and take off your plate so you can be creating content to get paid for. So I love that you did that. And by doing that, set you up in a foundation. I mean, that's helped you guys grow to where you are today, which is a pretty phenomenal space. So Abby, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, Jeff, tell tell us what what would you tell somebody who wants to be the next Jeff Mindell? (laughs) 
Well, I it's it's an interesting question because I feel like I'm still learning every day. Like I oftentimes have a hard time even considering myself. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm a full time professional photographer. But I I didn't go to school for it. I was completely self taught. I ended up going back and taking classes so that I even felt better about myself. So it really comes down to just practice. I know it's just so corny, but like I was very intentional a few years ago about taking, I told myself, I'm going to go out and take one significant photo a day just so that I am keeping with the motions and the practices and learning about my camera and learning to push myself creatively and things like that. You really get to learn your own style. I know now who I am as a photographer and who I'm not. Social media has been a huge help for that. Like, for example, I love to follow people on Instagram that don't do what I do or like they take photos that I would not take. Like I'm not putting out there these like darker, moodier, shadowy photos, but I love following the photographers that do that just because it it's just different for me. And it's so nice to see that every once in a while. So I think it's really just learning who you are and who you are not. That's super important. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, thank you guys seriously so much for being on here today. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you. You have all the links and we will make sure to drop the direct links in the show notes, but give us a, give us a holler about where they can go to see you. You can find me on Instagram and all platforms at Studio DIY and product info at shop Studio DIY and then online at studiodiy.com. And I'm Jeff Mandel across all platforms. I know we didn't even talk about anything else, but Kelly and I also really like Snapchat. Can I just plug Snapchat? We love our Snapchat. Yeah. Same, so, the same things on both of those. Yeah. So we're across the channel. Make it easy for everybody. So thanks. Guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.